Coming up on today's episode of Locked On Sooners, the benefit of bowl game opt-outs. Got an early Christmas present under the tree, a couple of them actually, as a former Oklahoma Sooners head coach Lincoln Riley feels a bit of the sting of betrayal. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation. Welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Merry Christmas. Just a few days away. Looking forward to talking with you about Oklahoma football on today's episode. But today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnSooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. You can also read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. And on today's show, like I said, we've got some great stuff to talk about. It's going to be a fun episode, and I hope you stick with it. Make sure you go to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the show over there. We're just 12 subscribers away from reaching 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, so make sure you go over there and hit it. Thank you to those of you who have done so. Let's talk Oklahoma football. Now, on yesterday's show in the Big 12 Roundtable, we talked a lot about bowl game opt-outs. We talked about how can the NCAA the bowl games, the teams, the schools, the sponsors, how can they go about mitigating or minimizing bowl game opt-outs from the star players? Because, yes, it is disappointing when you see the star players, the the guys that you show up to the stadium, you pay the big money to see uh, not playing in the game. It's akin to you know LeBron James having a, a maintenance day. Uh, if he's coming to, to Oklahoma City to play the Thunder and, and they decide to sit him out. It leaves, it leaves you a little bit disappointed because part of the reason you buy the ticket to go see the Lakers is LeBron James. Whereas, you know, back in the 90s, 30 years ago or so, 30, geez, 30 years ago, um, it would have been unreal to see a guy like a Michael Jordan or a Magic Johnson take a maintenance day, take a, a, a load day, you know, just to get rest. Uh, But it's not the case anymore. Uh, The players, some of it because they're pushing their bodies harder than they ever have, are are in need of some of those load management days. And so, yeah, you know, those of you who are traveling to San Antonio to go see the Alamo Bowl, yeah, it is definitely a a bit of a disappointment. You're not going to get to watch Nick Bonito play. You're not going to get to see Isaiah Thomas or Perrion Winfrey or Brian Osamoa. It, that's that's I can get why there's disappointment in that. As Oklahoma Sooners fans, I understand you want to see your team at its best with its best players available, and those are some of Oklahoma's best players, and they're not going to be available for the Alamo Bowl. And so it, it leaves you a little bit frustrated that going into a game against Oregon, a team that you've got history with, uh, that you aren't going to have your full squad at its best uh, for this kind of a game, a game where you feel like maybe you can get a little bit of redemption uh, from the, the 2006 matchup where that was an Oklahoma win. It should have been an Oklahoma win based on several different, a couple different calls that happened in the final few minutes of the game. There's the onside kick called the phantom pass interference call on, on a deflected pass. But what is the benefit of a bowl game opt out 
not just we, we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show in the Big 12 roundtable, the benefit for the player opting out. But what is the benefit for the team? Now, there are guys that are going to benefit from other players not being available. Look at Nick Bonito, Isaiah Thomas. Those are your starting edge players. You're, you know, you got your starting rush linebacker and Nick Bonito plays on one edge. You got Isaiah Thomas plays on the other edge. And a guy like Perrion Winfrey up the middle who's not going to be playing. But let's start on the edge. Let's focus on that for a second. With Reggie Grimes and Ethan Downs, you've got two really, really promising young players. Ethan Downs is just a freshman. Reggie Grimes is a sophomore. That you really like. Reggie Grimes got a ton of meaningful snaps this year uh, as kind of a rotational edge player behind Nick Bonito and Isaiah Thomas. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do with a full complement of snaps in this Alamo Bowl game. Like he's going to start at one of the rush at one of the edge positions, whether it's the the rush linebacker or uh, the defensive end spot. Ethan Downs, a very very highly thought of player, a guy that brings a lot of of quickness, athleticism, and really good pass rushing ability as well, he's going to get the start as well, or he's going to get to at least play a lot of meaningful snaps in his own right. And then you go to the linebacker position. Brian Osamoa is not going to play. Who does that leave more snaps for? David Aguebu, Danny Stutzman, Shane Witter. I think that's, I think that's a good thing. Yes, it's – they're not, they're not the, be- the better players. Obviously, the better players are the ones opting out, getting ready for their NFL career. But this gives these guys, these young guys, an opportunity to be the leaders on the defense, to take a leadership role, to take a, a piece of the defense for themselves heading into the 2022 spring ball as the leaders of the defense. And they're going to have an opportunity to put some really good stuff on tape or <laughs> put some stuff on tape that they'll go into the offseason to learn from whether it's some technique stuff, whether it's understanding scheme, whatever Oregon did to them that may or may not have confused them, you know, like they're going to get a lot of really good positive and maybe some even negative reinforcement as to things they need to work on as they go into the off season. And to me, that's not a bad thing. The Alamo bowl is the Alamo bowl. It's not a playoff game. It's not even a new year's six bowl. It's not the Rose bowl. It's not the Fiesta bowl. It's the Alamo Bowl. I mean, this is the bowl game that we always looked at Texas and we said, hey, congratulations, you won the Alamo Bowl. Go hang your Alamo Bowl uh, banner up. Obviously, you want to win the game. But what to me matters most is that you're going to see these young guys. Like, I look at a guy like Marcus Major. Now, Kennedy Brooks isn't opting out. He didn't opt out. Eric Gray didn't opt out. But Marcus Major is somebody who's, who wasn't available for a lot of this season. And then even when he was available, didn't get a ton of looks, didn't get a ton of touches for the Oklahoma Sooners this year. I would love to see him get something like 10 to 15 carries in this game because I feel like he's a fresh body with fresh legs that you want to figure out what's his role going to be for you in 2022 when you have maybe Kennedy Brooks. Kennedy Brooks hasn't ruled out the, the possibility of coming back next year. You, you have Eric Gray. You got Gavin Sawchuk coming in as well. You still got Jaden Knowles. Uh, the, the walk-on fresh or the walk-on player. So what, what's Marcus Major's role going to be? This would be a great time to find out. He had a big game last year in the Cotton Bowl against Florida. Could he potentially have another big game for you in the Alamo Bowl? It's interesting. And then you think about the guys that transferred out as well. Spencer Rattler. Obviously, he wasn't going to start in this game. It was going to be Caleb Williams starting. But Jaden Hazelwood, Austin Stogner. So you've got Jaden Hazelwood that's out. That's a lot of snaps available for somebody, whether it's Theo Weiss or Mario Williams. 
Trayvon West, Jaleel Farouk, Cody Jackson. These are guys that are going to get opportunities because of these veteran you know, transfers, the veteran opt-outs. I think of a guy like Braden Willis, who's, who's not sure whether or not he's coming back or not. He's, he, he talked about it on the prairie, the podcast on the prairie with Jeremiah Hall. He kind of talked about whether or not he's going to come. He's still kind of on the fence. He's not really leaning one way or the other. But maybe this is going to be a really good opportunity for him to get a significant role in the offense. And maybe they can say, hey, they can convince Braden Willis, like, hey, based on what you're showing us, we think you could be a big-time receiver, a big-time threat in our offense next year and have the chance to put yourself in that draftable category when it comes to the 2022 NFL draft. And so, yes, bowl opt-outs are frustrating. I totally get that. You want to see your team at its best. You want to see these guys finish something. Kennedy Brooks talked about that a little bit. But somebody did make a really good point about Kennedy Brooks. This is the guy that also sat out last year, 2020, when his team could have really used him. But he is finishing this season. He is playing out the year as it is right now. And I, don't, and I don't blame him for sitting out the 2020 season. There was a lot of uncertainty with COVID that was happening at the time. And so these guys had to make decisions that, were, that they thought were going to be best for their health, for their long-term health, and things like that. Kenny Brooks had a great year in 2021. He's going to finish it strong. But I think there are benefits to bowl opt-outs that we're not necessarily looking at because we're just thinking of what's coming right now, like the present. We're not looking to the future. And I know you don't want to look into the future when you're in the current season, but let's be real. The 2021 season's finished. We're already looking ahead to 2022. This is just about putting your best foot forward as you move forward. And I think that's going to be what's most important when you look at this game and you look at who plays well and you analyze this game and we'll do it here on the podcast. But when we talk about who played well in this game, we're going to be looking at who are the guys that are going to be here next year and in the year after that, that are going to be really key foundational players for the Oklahoma Sooners as Brent Venable starts his tenure as the head coach of your favorite football team. Coming up next, we've got an early Christmas present that uh, somebody sneaked a peek at. We'll talk about that after I talk to you about NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. So head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked. All right, so we got a, got a shiny new present under the Christmas tree. We got somebody that peeled back the tape a little bit to get a sneak peek. And it is the guy that we've been talking about for weeks now, and that's Jaron Kanak the four-star player out of Kansas, the athlete 
who projects to play linebacker for the Oklahoma Sooners. He enrolls at Oklahoma. How exciting is that? This is a guy that has been crystal ball. You know, you look at 247 Sports crystal ball projections, and for the last couple of weeks now, steadily, we've had a projection like every several days sending Connect to Oklahoma. And we talked a lot about Brent Venables and kind of his honor code. And hey, a man must have a code, right? You listen to Omar on the wire or Bunk on the wire, and that's that's it. A man must have a code. And Brent Venables has his code. He's not going to go and try and poach guys from his former team in the name of competitiveness. And I totally get that. Sometimes relationships matter more than the results on the field because the, the relationships are going to be what's long-lasting. And I think that's what really that's what he's preaching about Oklahoma football right now to – the recruits to the masses. That's the thing that's sticking out about Brent Venables, but connects like, forget it. You're not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to get the offer. You're not going to let me commit. I'm just going to enroll. <laughs> um, pulling a Baker Mayfield, you know, Baker Mayfield wanted to come to Oklahoma after things kind of flamed out at Texas tech. And I think they told him, you know, they told him not don't come. And he came anyway, he showed up on campus and rolled and uh, you know, sat out that first year. But, you know, as a walk-on, but then came back and the, the rest is history. The guy had one of the best Oklahoma careers ever. Could the same be in store for Jaron Kanak? Uh, I think it'd be really interesting. Baker Mayfield had something really interesting to say. He, he says, I like your style. Sometimes you just got to go and roll and handle your business. And if this is the kind of mentality we're going to get out of Jaron Kanak, I, for one, am pumped. Like, this is the guy that's saying, I'm going to do what – I want to do, I want to play for Brent Venables. So why would I go to Clemson when I want to play for Brent Venables? He was, he was going to Clemson. His primary recruiter was Brent Venables. So it stands to reason that when someone decommits or they flip their commitment because they're the coach that they committed to play for goes somewhere else. I mean, Brent Venables can say, I'm not going to go out there and poach kids but that's not going to stop kids from doing what they want to do. Right. Like we see it all the time, whether it's the transfer portal where, whether it's the recruitment scene, these kids are going to do what they want to do and, and what they and their families think is best for them. Jaron Kanak wants to play for Brent Venables and play in Brent Venables defense and who could blame him, right? With all the success that Venables has had putting players into the NFL over the last 20 years, who could blame Jaron Kanak for wanting to follow Brent Venables to Oklahoma? That's not the only recruiting nugget we got on uh, on today's show. 2022 cornerback out of San Diego, California, Jaleel Florence, got an offer today or yesterday, sorry, uh, from the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, this is a very interesting cornerback uh, prospect. He's 6'1", 180 or so. Uh, was originally committed to Oregon. Uh, they move on from there, or sorry, Mario Cristobal moves on from Oregon, goes to Miami. Dan Lanning, the Georgia defensive coordinator, takes the job at Oregon. Uh, but Florence, he decommits and is back on the open market. Sorry, sound like an NFL analyst now talking about the open market, but hey, that's kind of recruiting and transfer portal is at this moment. Uh, but Florence is back out there. Uh, he gets an offer from USC. Obviously, Southern California, he's in San Diego. Not surprising at all. They just got Damani Jackson committed there. So would Jaleel Florence want to go to USC and, and play necessarily with that with 
have that kind of competition for playing time. He gets an offer from Oklahoma. So it pits a really interesting uh, recruiting battle uh, of Oklahoma versus USC, Brent Venables versus Lincoln Riley. Could be very interesting to see how this one plays out uh, over the next couple months as we, or next month, really. Shoot, it's almost the end of December. As uh, National Signing Day comes, what is he going to do? I think this is going to be one of those that could be really, really interesting for Oklahoma. Now, they've already got some really, really strong defensive backs on the roster. Uh, Gentry Williams, Robert Spears Jennings, uh, Jaden Rowe. These guys are going to be really, really good players. You know, Each of them are four-star players. But if they add another one, hey, that just builds competition that helps everybody get better and better. And it's just like the linebacker, the linebacker group that's got Kobe McKenzie, Kip Lewis, adding Jaron Kanak as well. I think that's going to make them even stronger as this team continues to develop. Because, you know, you need multiple players. We're seeing it this year. I mean, there were games this year where Oklahoma played 80 snaps. And some of your defensive backs played nearly 100% of those snaps. So get as much depth as you possibly can. Uh, Florence, I mean, if, if they can add him, I think that'd be a really, really strong add. And it would just continue to build this class that has done such a great job. These, these recruiters, these coaches have done such a great job of building this class to be a top 10 group heading into national signing day in a little over a month that potentially could get even higher than that. I mean, they've only got 14 signees at the moment. They've got a 15th commit in Gentry Williams, who's planning on signing in February. I mean, they, they've got room to add several more players with the, the people they lost to the NFL draft and the transfer portal. They've got space. And so I, I fully anticipate this, this class growing and getting better and, and their scores improving as well. Uh, but coming up next, we've got another really interesting nugget. Such a fascinating time of college football right now um, that I want to talk to you about. It's, it's a, a coach who uh, just kind of up and left his team. And it has a little bit of an Oklahoma connection, but we'll talk about that after I talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the college bowl season and the NFL playoffs, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. And I wrote about this over at the Sooners Wire, um, but its I feel like it's worth mentioning on the show, too, because... Man, all right, so Tashard Choice, he once played for Oklahoma before he transferred to Georgia Tech, graduates from Georgia Tech, goes to the NFL, plays several years for the Dallas Cowboys, has a couple other stops along the way, ends up coaching for the Dallas Cowboys for a brief stint, coaches at the University of North Texas, heads back to Georgia Tech, and he's become a very well-respected running backs coach in college football circles. Decides he's going to go to USC. Not long after he's at USC, guess who comes calling? The University of Texas. We're going to drop a couple down horns just because when we talk about Texas, we've got to get them horns down. And he goes to the University of Texas while the ink is still fresh on his, uh, his signing, on his onboarding, so to speak. My colleague over at the Trojans Wire, Matt Zemeck, 
he talked about it. He said the, the hire was made. He was being onboarded based on everything he understood. And Tashar Choice left to go to the University of Texas. Now, from an Oklahoma perspective, I, I don't like that he went to Texas because he's a really good recruiter. He's a really good coach. And that's going to just help raise their game a little bit. Now, from a petty perspective, I think it's hilarious. And I think it's hilarious that USC people, people in USC circles are up in arms about this after what's gone on and what's transpired in all of this. Lincoln Riley up and left Oklahoma while the ink was still, or while the, the wound was still fresh from their bedlam loss. Less than 24 hours later, Lincoln Riley's on a plane heading to California to become the next head coach of the USC Trojans. And <laughs> I mean, the Bible teaches you reap what you sow. There's that saying, what goes around comes around. And it did not take long at all for Lincoln Riley and the USC Trojans to feel the sting of the, the, the surprising coaching exit. And I get that this is a little bit different because he just got there. At the same time, the way is the same is that coaches are going to always bounce for the better opportunity. We're, we're seeing it more and more all the time or what is perceived to be the better opportunity. Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma, a place where he'd done a really good job. And at some point we're going to have to have an episode where we talk about Lincoln Riley. I'm not ready to yet. I don't get over breakups very easily. Uh, thankfully I'm not going to get bro- have a breakup ever again. I'm married, happily married, love my wife. She loves me. It's not going to happen. But I remember when I was in my youth, you know, like high school and college, like, I did not get over breakups very easily. And I don't blame Oklahoma fans. I'm having a hard time with it still, too, when I think back to the way Lincoln Riley left. But I don't even know where I was going with that. No, but it's with Lincoln Riley and the way it all went down, I think it's okay to find a little bit of humor in the way that Tashard Choice decided to leave USC. I mean, he wasn't there very long and decided to go. It did, like I said, it didn't take long for Riley to feel that that uh, disappointment or that sting of betrayal of a coach just kind of up and leaving out of out of the blue um, in a surprising fashion because that's what happened with Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley heading to USC and one that had huge ramifications on Oklahoma's recruiting class that they've recovered from. And I'm going to, I'm going to admit it. I feel much better about the future of this program today than I did that Sunday when he left. And to be honest, like Lincoln Riley was a good coach and I, and we'll do this at one point in time. We'll talk about the way things, how, how some things went well for him. Um, not everything did. We'll, we'll evaluate that. We still got a 2021 evaluation to do for the coaches, the position groups, all that we'll do uh, down the road. But some things did go well. I, I, you know, as much as I hate to admit it at this point, some things did go well. But I'm mean, really excited about what the energy and the vibe that Brent Venables is bringing to the program. Like this is like an optimistic, energetic, focused, and a vision that's focused Oklahoma Sooners program, which feels a lot different than the very monotone. I mean, he wasn't as bad as Dave Aranda, but he kind of had this flat kind of, 
I don't know, affect a lot of times after games, when, wins or losses with the media and press conferences. He just didn't he, – he didn't exude the same kind of like confidence, the same kind of energy. And I think everybody – I think it just kind of like waned. Like the energy in the program waned, The um, especially as the seasons didn't go the way that most people expected and as they were got they got more and more disappointing with, you know, no college football playoff, then no Big 12 conference championship game. And so, anyway, excited about the program. I just wanted to mention I thought it was kind of funny that Tashar Choice left and USC people are up in arms um, over his – quick departure so to speak but that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on sooners thank you so much for sticking around and joining the show listening wherever you're at thank you for making locked on sooners your first listen every single day whether you're in the car or on your phone on your jog watching on youtube always appreciate y'all sticking around and making sure that you're tuning in love talking oklahoma football with you looking forward to the future it's going to be a lot of fun uh, continuing to dig into what this oklahoma football program is going to look like under Brent Venables. Uh, but on tomorrow's show, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk about what Oklahoma wants for Christmas this year. Christmas is just a few days away. I hope you're ready for it. I hope you're looking forward to having some great family time. If you're you know, not looking forward to family time, I hope that it's a peaceful um, holiday weekend with, with the people that you love um, and the people that care about you. But until tomorrow, my name is John Williams. Again, go to YouTube, subscribe to the show, hit that notification bell, hit the like button, give it, give it the thumbs up uh, and check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Interact with us in the YouTube comments. I'd love to hear your feedback on the show, questions that you have, comments that you have on anything I had to say or any of the topics that we talked about. So make sure you do that here on uh, YouTube. Check it out on Twitter at Locked on Sooners or you can contact me on Twitter at John Knight Williams. If you ever need anything, just holler. Uh, be happy to interact with you over there as well. But until tomorrow, I'm John Williams, Boomer sooner.